There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. Thank you for tuning into Romance in the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. <laughs> I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Paige made us watch Never, Never Been, Been Kissed. Kissed. Now, I just want to say, uh-huh. because we couldn't mm-hmm. go with my first choice because it wasn't streaming and I apparently have a bad track record for this, we will eventually do the movie that I originally chose. We just want you to be able to watch it, even if it means paying $2 to Amazon <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, it was $4 <laughs> on Amazon, but it's because Mikey was moving and didn't have time to get it and buy it and watch it. And all I, that stuff. Yeah. I did get another copy, so did like you? I, ha- I, I have a copy that I can now send you. I'm happy to buy better off dead whenever we do it yeah it's it's a good movie it skis the (laughs) k-12 i was moving and i was like oh here's that movie that i had to order for this on from amazon don't throw it away mikey we're gonna sign it and raffle those off yeah we'll do (laughs) it Uh, i'm currently broadcasting from my bed because it's the only piece of furniture i have (laughs) i thought it was just so that you would seem more alluring after the goatee talk of last week So if Mikey sounds extra sensual this episode, it's because he's fully reclined in his sexiest <laughs> laying down pose. His voice has 300 thread count. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I'm using the Egyptian cotton filter. <laughs> but maybe we should talk about the movie we actually did, Never Been Kissed. A movie that features two people that will be in jail shortly after it ends? Yeah, I yeah, will say, yeah. Yeah, two, two people who I think have very strong unresolved issues from (laughs) because it's not just like it happened there's so many problems about this movie it's like hilarious and then from a mental health perspective it's also really bad and also hilarious it is i mean that's kind of why i picked when i had to pick a backup after we couldn't do better off dead Uh. i was like i haven't watched never been kissed in a month of sundays (laughs) and i just vaguely remember that potentially underage kids got diddled in this movie. 
I don't think um, it goes think quite we... that far, but they do provide alcohol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fully believe David Arquette was going to have sex with that 16-year-old gym- gymnast. He did not seem at all deterred when she pulls him aside and is like, hey, she's 16. And he's like, I know, right? I'm like, no, sir, that is not how you handle that. Also, I, I love a movie where... <laughs> conservatively 40-year-old David Arquette's playing a 23-year-old. Right? I love that. Yeah. Uh, I will say that I I guess I learned from this film that reporters, ironically, aren't mandatory reporters. <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, we just have to dive in because... One, it's really, char- it's like the most 90s movie. It's it is. The most. It's, it's an extremely 90s movie. Um, I also, so this movie, the graduating class in this movie is supposed to be 1999. Yeah. Uh, which means that you two were in high school at the time. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was a freshman. So this represents your high school experience. I was. <laughs> I don't think this represents my high school experience. <laughs> I was a seventh grader because uh, I'm class of 2006. So I, w- I started high school in 2002. Uh, so I was a couple years back. But there are so many things in this movie that I just was like, oh, that's right. I forgot that, that, <laughs> oh, that that's shit. how things I forgot worked. about this. <laughs> I forgot how many famous people are in this movie in bit There's... parts. Dude, Octavia Spencer's in this movie. Super the small game. part. Octavia Spencer is in like four scenes, and one of those scenes, the set designer is fat shaming her like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I will talk yeah. about it when we get there, because they don't mention it in the scene, but I noticed it watching it, and I was just like, how dare you, prop master? How dare you treat Octavia Spencer this way? I think the uh, casting director deserves an Oscar for uh, being like, yeah, picking all these people who become uber famous and just being like, so yes, you famous. get this bit part. You get two lines, James Franco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when we saw him walking down the hallway, we we're like, is that fucking James Franco? Because he says nothing or almost nothing the first time you see him. Like he just walks past the camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he's literally in the background with a guy that looks kind of like John Bernthal, but I don't think is John Bernthal. <laughs> I mean, but it could be. Like it could yeah. be. It's not. <laughs> but this movie is wildly problematic now, and I cannot wait to talk about uh, each issue. <laughs> I'm hoping this movie was wildly problematic then. <laughs> I don't think it was. I don't think it was. <laughs> I, I remember I remember seeing this when it came out. Yeah. Like coming away from it with like all the other girls that I knew who had seen it. And at no point was anyone like, it's fucked up that her teacher was fully into her as a high school student. And like fully didn't know and was gonna profess his love to her as a high school student, right? And in fact, gets mad that she's and overage. And gets mad that she's <laughs> not. Yeah. yeah, I literally looked at Natalie when we were watching this that last night because I hadn't seen it. She had. <laughs> and when he says like he's not into it because she's 25, not 17, I was like, Oh, he legit is a predator. Like, this is an issue that she should be writing about. That's, I mean, no one found issue with that because everyone was just like, oh my God, Michael Vartan is so dreamy. They belong together. And at no point did people address the actual issue in this movie. In the 90s, people were like the South Park cops, like, good for her. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? There were a lot of sex scandals with attractive teachers where people have that mentality. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's usually a guy student and a female teacher. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite of that. But yeah, no, you're right. I mean, dude, if any of my high school teachers looked like Michael Vartan, 
good for her. Like, I know it's bad, and <laughs> it that's is a bad, terrible, <laughs> terrible opinion, and I am wrong. I am so <laughs> wrong. But 17-year-old Paige would have just been staring at him all day long. You're like, I like Shakespeare, and I like the way you shake that spear. <laughs> Good news. I've decided I'm going to become an English major just because of this. Yeah, I just like, remember I just remember watching this film in high school, and the Lily Sobolewski in her blue tights did something yes. for me. Oh. Did something to me. Oh, Mikey, that's so cute. I forgot that Lily Sobolewski was in this, and then she just like pops up as the nerd friend, and I was just like, oh. Lily Sobieski. <laughs> <laughs> now I know what Mikey's type is. Tall, slim, and covered in blue. <laughs> covered in blue. <laughs> I will say Lily Sobieski is not horsey. This is this and she has like some character to her face. This is the first time that Mikey's had a crush on someone that I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. I would say All she's right. not classically beautiful. I think she's very striking. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but she's like unique looking and not like classically yeah. beautiful. And I think the same of Drew Barrymore. I don't think she's classically beautiful, but she's attractive and she's very charming in this movie. Like I fully love her in this movie. I feel like uh, Drew Barrymore is renaissance beautiful. Oh, because you like the movie uh, Ever After? Right. No, because yeah. of just the structure of her face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's got fair. a very kind of like rounder cherubic face. Yeah, like a cherub is what cherubic means for anyone out there who did not I know mean, what that meant. That's a good word. It is good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe we should just get into the movie, though, because I really do want to talk about each problematic uh, yeah thing. there's so much i want to talk i want to <laughs> so jump much. ahead but i have like i was like watching this movie and i was really concentrating in the one lawn chair that's in my living room right now <laughs> mikey is an adult lady <laughs> well let's get into it page uh so we start with the credits and this is drew barrymore's flower film production company this is their first film i have oh, a list no of other okay. things they went on to produce after this which is pretty interesting yeah early fun fact thank you yeah early fun fact this is the one of the first things uh they produced she then starts with a voiceover that is essentially it, it boils down to like do you know what dream sequences are this isn't one of them <laughs> which i'm like why did you say that i didn't think this was a dream sequence until you brought it up I know. and now I'm confused. This is really happening. Thank you. Okay. I assumed it was because you're showing it to me. No, but then I doubted it, you know, because like when they say it like that, I'm like, oh, so this is like a misdirection. This is like what Paige is into. Uh, it's a dream uh, herring. <laughs> so she died and is reliving the moments before her death like a Jacob's Ladder scenario. I see what you're getting at. Never Noise. been kissed. These are the last things she saw before she was dragged to the depths by a murderous mermaid. I see. Uh, probably when she was murdered by our high school teacher. <laughs> Going to his house. School. Where he's like, I need to keep this teaching career. So she's gonna have to be in chunks in my backyard i do think the reason he's late at the end is because he was struggling with all right well she's not 17 but she looks 17 so can i make that work like i think that was his inner dialogue <laughs> i have so many thoughts about each we have plot to talk about okay, okay we'll talk about it when we get there we're talking about it when we get there because yeah. like why would she set it up like that like i <laughs> 
No, let's talk about it when we get there. Because I, Mikey, fully same, and I can't wait to have this conversation. But let's table it until we get there. Because yes, I would argue. No, and we're gonna have to table it. Table table. Table 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 table. Just table table. No cuts. Let's move on. We gotta move past it. First seat. God damn, I can't wait to talk about that shit. So she is standing in the middle of a stadium on the pitcher's mound. It's just a baseball field at a high school. She's not like at the Mets. Like it's not a stadium. I don't know about you guys. My high school wasn't big enough to have a stadium like that like mine was okay cool yeah. good no, for mine you was too. Yeah. i had no idea you guys were so fucking rich and from magic rich places i went to a very what? poor a public, public school. high school that literally had like four thousand five hundred students because it was so poor they just crammed us all in so they needed enough <laughs> seats at the baseball thing for everybody yeah we had big stadiums because we were a big school i graduated with like 700 my graduating class was just over a thousand Mine was 64 people. Yeah. So we had like sets oh. of metal bleachers. Somebody went to private school. Because my mom <laughs> taught there. And then tried to shame us she for going to, to a rich us. school. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They heard you like cattle in public school, Paige. That's how it's like. Yeah. They're like, here, sit here, you 2,000 degenerates. The people who are going to be flipping burgers for a living. <laughs> yeah. You'll be coming to these games for the rest of your life. <laughs> anyway, so a giant, humongous stadium. <laughs> yes. Easily you could fit 300 people here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's more than that. They have, like, the lights and they have announcers and a place for film cameras and shit. They have that for, like... Travel ball. <laughs> Paige is like, they have lights at these stadiums. Like, I'm like, parks put lights in so they can make more money. Yeah. Parks do, but this is like raked seating, like a stadium. There's extra like dugouts, there's pads, there's lights, there's a giant scoreboard, there's like a kiss cam. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> I do love that Paige like grew up in this like interesting like middle upper class where she went to <laughs> private school, but it wasn't like a super like nice private school where they would have like <laughs> really good amenities and stuff. Yeah. No, they, they, they were probably good at academics. They probably had yeah. the stadium for the denominators. <laughs> I get it, Paige. You got taught to read and write and do math. I get it. I didn't get that, but I got the stadium. Yeah. We we got the stadiums that would legit give you splinters if you tried to, like, slide down and not just stand <laughs> up immediately and walk. Yeah. You can't slide on these benches, Paige. Yeah. I, I was about to brag about, like, the education I got and how that helped me get into college and shit. But then I'm like, oh, that was 15 years ago, though. I probably couldn't have gotten into college now. <laughs> Let me just say this. I do feel like focusing really hard on the stadium is the important conversation we should be having about this movie. I'm just saying, I applied to nine schools and got into seven of them. So, like... <laughs> Did you go through the side door? No. Uh, no, I, I just... I just... I scored really fucking well on my SATs. Uh, took, took them twice to make sure I got a better score. And then I just had ass loads of extracurriculars because only like 400 people went to my school. So it was like way easier to like play varsity sports and direct the school play yeah. and do like art and get medals for public speaking and shit because no one else was doing it. There's room for everybody. I once saw my guidance counselor folder on me and it literally said, Todd, in quotes, safety school Schlosser. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like, can we fucking move on? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, still yeah, okay. on Stadium Gate. Like, what are we talking about? 
I don't know. Well, apparently y'all got to go to fucking stadium schools anyway. <laughs> so we find out that she is now, as an adult, a kind of plain but very successful woman. She's the youngest copy editor at the Chicago Sun-Times. Interesting note about the Chicago Sun-Times. They were the first and most comprehensive paper to break the R. Kelly case. Really? Wow. Both times, both the original case and the current case. So they were our main source when we did our R. Kelly episodes. And if you want to read literally comprehensive coverage of the R. Kelly case and the women involved, Chicago Sun-Times got it on lock. That's awesome. That's the place to go. Good for them. I didn't even realize they were a real newspaper. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very real and very good newspaper. Yeah, good We've them. used them a number of times. I, I love a romantic comedy where someone's a writer. I just love it. <laughs> you mean all of them? <laughs> I do love that in like uh, the spotlight, the Boston Globe is featured, right? And uh-huh. they break the uh, you know priest sexual abuse scandal, and in this, the Chicago Sun Times is featured in the movie, and they break. An underage, uh, an underage sex ring scandal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they did not break it. I believe they encouraged it. <laughs> I'm not sure they encouraged it, but they did dangle some bait. Yeah, they all, yeah. all the people from the paper go to eat popcorn and watch it happen, and we're like rooting for it. Well, also, everyone at the paper in this movie is sleeping together, which is like is accurate when you work in a place that has a lot of people that work there. <laughs> yeah, it is very accurate. Yeah, it is. Yeah. People don't do it as much now. I no, think, because it's... everyone's remote. You can't fuck your coworker remotely. I mean, you can. <laughs> <laughs> do you have premium Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I got to upgrade the package. <laughs> so we meet her assistant, and she's talking about, she's like, I have an assistant, I have an office, and all this stuff. And her assistant, who I'm convinced is like a future cult leader, is like we see him a couple times in this movie and he's just like coming up with like self-help catchphrases or catchphrases about his name and he does not give a fuck about her at all and over the phone as she walks into the office you could just hear him saying like the office is not feng shui the desks are evil (laughs) i was just like what this is a dude and i do not know who he is or where he's from but he is in so many movies. I was going to say, I was like, he's in a million things. Yeah. He's in that thing you do. Yeah. But he was in Batman Returns as a child. Batman Returns. As a child? With Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. What? Wait, what else is he in? Because I know I've seen him in other stuff, too. Like- he was in The Cable Guy. He was in Glory Days. He was in Waterworld. Um, so he was in, like, a bunch of big stuff as, like, small, small parts. Sean Whalen yeah, Sean Whalen's is his, his name, name yeah. right? I didn't know any of this till last night. Though. Like I just want to go on the record as saying as I like, I'm not one of the Whalen heads out there who like follows. Yeah, this guy if you're just tuning movie. in, welcome to uh, our part one of our 17 part series of in depth analysis on Never Been Kissed. So in 1993, there was a milk commercial where a guy is trying to answer a trivia question about like who shot Alexander Hamilton, and it's Aaron Burr, and he doesn't have he's like just eaten something with peanut butter and doesn't have milk to drink, and he's just like oh yeah. Yeah. Ever. And it's this guy. And they aired that commercial forever. And it's the main reason that I remember that Aaron Burr shot Alexander Hamilton. Not the musical Hamilton. I knew it before the musical. I did too, because I'm a nerd, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she 
sits down at her desk, starts working, and Molly Shannon, Ugh. her co-worker, yeah. comes into her office and basically is like, guess who I slept with? And she's like, I'm guessing it was Roger from Op-Ed because yesterday- You said you were totally going to do it with Roger from Op-Ed. <laughs> you were totally going to yeah. do it from Roger, <laughs> Roger from Op-Ed. And uh, this is also where we find out that she's kind of a grammar Nazi. Yeah, she's sort of the worst about it. But she's, I mean, she's a copy editor. That's her Yeah, job. but she just doesn't want to have friends, I guess. Like, Yeah, but this is not copy. This is conversation. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Mikey. Uh, and then <laughs> Mr. Cellophane enters the chat to complain about Molly Shannon in her office dating. Wait, did you just refer to... Uh, yeah. Cellophane, Mr. Cellophane. John C. Riley came out right before this movie did. He was in Chicago. So uh. he was like bit parts forever yeah, yeah. until he was in Chicago as and his one song is Mr. Cellophane and oh. then he was in like this and a million other okay. things. I don't like Chicago. Chicago is a pretty dog shit movie. It's terrible. John C. Riley is great though. Like he's he's got range. Like I've seen him do some emotional stuff and I've seen him do comedic stuff and in this movie he is asked to do none of that. In most other movies, he's got boats and hose, and in this movie, it's neither. There's no Catalina wine mixer in this movie. There's no Catalina wine mixer in this movie. Anywho, we also reveal during the scene that he's fired Molly Shannon eight times, but somehow she still works there, and I don't know what she does. I had to assume that like she was either at the same level he was, and like he doesn't have the authority to fire someone, or... She just is protected because she's sleeping with the guy who owns the paper that we see later, Rick Fort or whatever. <laughs> like uh, Gary, Gary Marshall. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I fake fire people all the time at work. Don't worry about it. I figured it was a fake firing, but I also figured that Molly Shannon was kind of the same as like in Mad Men, Christina Hendricks's character, where she was kind of like the office manager okay like where yeah. she's like managing oh, yeah. the assistants yeah, okay because other than that i can't figure out what molly shannon does she hangs around the office and sleeps with people there yeah she just kind of like leans on a desk and is just like oh what's going on which i was like christina Hendricks did more than that but was also sleeping with a bunch of people <laughs> i just felt bad i was like all these people are gonna lose their jobs in the next seven years <laughs> At this point, uh, Drew Barrymore asks John C. Riley if he got the story ideas that she left on his desk. And he basically is like, yes, thank you. They're great. But you're an editor, not a oh, reporter. Hold on, hold on one second. It's PetSmart. Hello, this is Michael. Yeah, we have just put down your dog. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I got her. I got her some hair taken down. So she talks to John C. Riley about leaving ideas for stories on his yeah. desk and he's like thank you and they're good and we find out that they've used like five of her ideas recently but he's like you're an editor not a reporter you got to be able to grab the bull by the balls and she's like i can grab a bull's balls uh i can be out of control and then fixes the name tag on her <laughs> i do love that because he does not respond to her when she says, I can be out of control. He just looks at her name tag on her door and then moves it sideways and walks away. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Forcing her to fix it. Uh, and then we just get a, a cutaway shot to her assistant who's holding up a mug that just says, get a clue. Yeah. <laughs> we cut to lunchtime with her and Molly Shannon and Octavia Spencer and... This is the part where the prop master fat shames Octavia Spencer because she walks up to that table with a stack of four lean cuisines. And I counted them <laughs> and then proceeds to open and eat 
four lean cuisines. I did not notice that. That's hilarious. <laughs> it is a very subtle, like, fat shaming, though. And I love that you picked up on it, Paige. <laughs> Here's the thing. I picked up on it because I was 12 when this movie came out. I was absolutely on Weight Watchers at the time and would have been forced to bring lean cuisines to school. And so I recognized the boxes and I was just like, <gasps> lean cuisines. And she has like four. <laughs> I was just like, God damn it. You don't know how many points she's got. She's, she might be staying at her plan. You don't know. I mean, that that is true. But I remember at the time, like the point system was different. And so like I was lucky to get one lean cuisine in. And I was just like, man, how'd they do this to her? I was once in our work like cafeteria area. And I sat down with a guy who was eating lunch because we were just sort of friends, like work friends that you're like talk to and be yeah, fun yeah. with at work, but then never plan to see again once you quit. Uh, <laughs> and he was eating a full lunch from like Burger King or something like that. And his drink of choice was a chocolate Slim Fast shake. And I thought that that was very funny. I was like, I don't think you're doing this right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the four lean cuisines, I was just like, man, they didn't even give her the good shit, like the cool pizzas and stuff. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. They didn't need to do Octavia like that. I know. And they don't give her enough lines, man. Octavia is like a national treasure and I love her to death. But she like, I didn't even realize she was acting this early on because she didn't blow up until like, I, when I say recently, I mean like in the past six or seven years. Yeah, it was the help that I mean she's been in a lot of stuff, but like help blew her beyond because she got she got the so Oscar. She's so good right? in that yeah. problematically racist movie. Uh, oh yeah. Anyway, so they're talking to her, and she's basically reveals that she's not that she's never been kissed. the The movie is kind of a misnomer. I remember seeing this as a kid and thinking that she had literally never been kissed ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I had not been kissed at the time, which gave me hope. Well, you were you were 12, right? I was 12. I've actually adopted her philosophy because like, I've never had sex with someone I was going to marry. So I've never had so sex. So Mikey's a virgin. Awesome. Mikey, yeah. well, congrats on your new virginity. Not that that's an important thing. That's, but yeah. that, is not, that is not how that works. That is not how that works. <laughs> but she says, she says she kisses, she's kissed people, but none of them were her like forever person, so that doesn't really count. I've never really been kissed. She basically implies that she's never super enjoyed a kiss, <laughs> which like I get because some dudes are bad at kissing, <laughs> like real bad. It, here's the thing. So as a 12-year-old, I was like, I've never been kissed too. Kinship. As an adult, I'm like, I hear you, girl, because some of them, mm-mm. Yeah. So, Mikey, do you think you're a good kisser? I know I'm a good kisser. All right. I don't know. You're single. <laughs> yes, but not for that. <laughs> the reason I'm asking is because I thought I was a good kisser until Paige said what she just said, and now I'm rethinking it. <laughs> but it's, it's true. You have to, the secret is you have to match the amount of tongue with the amount of tongue they use. Oh, yeah. Because if you go, you can't go too tongue, too much tongue. No. You also can't lead with tongue, which is, I had a girl do that to me one time and it freaked me out. I was like, what is happening right now? Why are you doing this? Um, I, I think another big thing that nobody, nobody teaches guys and nobody talks about as much is that you should never go to prom not wearing pants. <laughs> that, Sorry. for sure. <laughs> That's later in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I have questions about a lot of those prom outfits. Go 90 and let them come 10 is, is the rule. Yeah, You should absolutely hold to that rule because I cannot tell you how many times I had a dude like just go a hundred and you're like, oh no, I was not. No, if you go a hundred, you're going to knock teeth and stuff. You got to like go 90, 10. Also consent's an issue, Mikey. Yeah, yeah. If you had given me an option, I would have been like, no, thanks. Can we talk more or whatever? 
And when I uh, when I kissed Natalie for the first time, I literally said, "I'm gonna kiss you now, if that's all right." Yeah, <laughs> and hey, she was like, do "Let's it. do this," and I was like, "All right, cool." Yeah, but if you go ninety, you could have gone ten, and you would have to, you know, you got consent, and you were smoother. I don't know, Mikey. I think consent's pretty smooth. Well, yeah, as an adult, <laughs> you can ask me, and I'm okay with it, and then I have a chance to like, that's going to happen yeah. now. That's way better. That's and it's way better. Like as you get older, that's way more accepted. But I remember back in college and like around then, they're like, "Oh, you don't ask. That's like really lame." And well, and now I'm like, "Yeah, to just kiss. ask me." To so, kiss. or or whatever. But like now, I'm like, "Oh, thank God!" Now there's no mystery. Now I understand what's right. happening. Yeah. I'm not supposed to just interpret your body language. We were also sort of in a public place, and I didn't want to like get publicly like rejected <laughs> because that would have been I, yeah. hell embarrassing. So like I was just you know making sure. I got buy-in. Oh, you didn't want to just, like, start a clock on a stadium? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't. Well, okay, let, we got to move on. I, we I, we, we have to get to that scene because I fucking yeah. have so much to talk. No cuts. And I have so much no to talk cuts. about. It's going to be a six-hour episode on Never, no. Never Been Kissed, the three-part episode we did I, on it. I do love that someone <laughs> in the Facebook group legit thinks that we don't do cuts on those episodes. <laughs> and it, I, I did not respond because I wanted to be like, there are fully almost 2,000 cuts in each of those episodes. <laughs> uh, but last thing I'll say on this, when there's clearly consent from both parties, people are both excited to do it. You're not leading with tongue. You're just kind of like letting it happen naturally. That's the magic she's looking for. She's just looking for someone paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, okay, I do know I'm a good kisser because before COVID, I was at a party and we played Truth or Dare as an adult. And people were like, oh, you're uh, this girl's like, you're a great kisser. I was like, thank you. Which is nice when there's like a there's no emotions involved. And there's no like dating situation. It was just like a, a thing like that. Could you get like honest feedback? You know what I'm saying? I am fully rethinking if I'm a good kisser or not right now. This feels like a made up story. <laughs> yeah, I was playing Truth or Dare with this girl. And she like told me I was the best sex she ever had. It was, it was nice. But it was, it was nice that there was like <laughs> no. no emotion involved. In that. It was just like, you know, like a thing. It's, it's nice to get objective feedback. I was heavily intoxicated, but <laughs> so drunk Mikey's a good kisser. But it was like a group. It was like a group of friends. Sure, sure, sure. That don't know each other too well. It was like, right, yeah. it was... it's like the friends you like call up and, you know, they sort of escort you through the evening. Right. And it's like <laughs> friends like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, Drew Barrymore describes her ideal kiss and kind of and it's this kind of idealized magic -y, like everything gets hazy and everything goes away. And she starts like crying as she's doing. Yeah. Red flag one. Yeah. <laughs> Octavia Spencer's just like, damn girl, you are a writer. And I'm like, no, she needs like help. <laughs> like, yeah. She should talk to someone about this, I think. Yeah, she should. Um, back at Drew Barrymore's house uh, or apartment, I'm not sure. I think it's actually a house, so I priced out houses for later. Oh, did you? I did. So uh she's cross-stitching pillows and talking to her pet turtle, who is never seen again, by the way. You know how expensive it is to get turtles, Paige? Not. Oh, my they God. are Sorry. damn near free. <laughs> <laughs> she finishes a cross stitching pillow and then puts it on her bed. And there are too many pillows on the bed. Yeah, there are it way too many pillows. It would take forever to take them off. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the next day at work. They're in a staff meeting, and Gary Marshall, who owns their newspaper, fires a dude because he got scooped on an undercover feature and reveals some of the undercover features they've done in the past. One of them on hair plugs, and then they cut to the guy who clearly yeah. was the undercover. Yeah. <laughs> for it and just has like a real bad set of hair plugs so molly shannon is flirting in the middle of this meeting yeah. with who we will find out is roger from op-ed 
But did you recognize Roger from Opus? Yeah, he's from, um, shit, he's a, in a bunch of Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> he's a wedding singer. Yeah. But essentially, Gary Marshall is like, I feel like I don't even know my own kids, so, and he just kind of looks around the room, picks the youngest looking person, which is Drew Barrymore, and is like, you enroll in high school on Friday, have fun. What I think is really interesting is as soon as she changes her hair, she looks older. Yes. I do like that the owner of this newspaper, or the head honcho here, who whatever he is, right. is like, you're going to commit a felony on Friday for the betterment of our newspaper. but so she gets really excited she's like it's really happening it's my first first feature and everyone is kind of cautious about it where they're like molly shannon and john c Riley come into her office and like listen we're gonna fix this you're not gonna have to do anything and she's like yes i'm gonna go undercover and they're like please don't please don't do this yeah and the the reasoning she gives them is like hey when you guys didn't think you could do something who helped you do it me when you wanted to seduce the mailroom guy who helped you learn spanish Senorita Josie. Uh, she taught Gus <laughs> to knit. She convinces them that she can do it. Yeah. And he tells her that he's not holding her job for her and basically gives her his blessing. We cut to her outside negotiating with her brother to get his car or at least trade cars yes. for the foreseeable future. And he has a shitty like beater car that like looks it looks like a high school car like you would have in high school. It's a Pinto. Yeah. And she has a luxurious Buick LeSabre. She has a 1997 <laughs> Buick LeSabre <laughs> and oh. I have <laughs> Kelly Blue Book values for both. Wow. Okay. Nice. Cool, 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 cool. He works at a place called the Tiki Post. And one of my favorite oh. parts of the scene is she walks in and they put lays on everyone that comes in. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, that's just my sister. And the guy takes the lay back. I do love that. <laughs> it's great. Have you guys ever been laid by someone you don't know? Like All the time. <laughs> I don't you mean, mean had, had a lay placed on you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Yeah. No, that's happened to me a ton. It's not weird anymore. What's really weird is when they get stuck in your hair. And then you have to be like, no, don't worry about it. I'll handle it. Yeah, a lot of ladies don't like it when it gets in their hair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sticky. So she asks him if he's talked to the community college yet because she's trying to get him into community college to play baseball. Right. And he's like, that's not what I want to do. I like, I don't want to just be a community college guy playing ball. He And she basically is like, don't you want to move out of mom and dad's house? Don't you want to be happy? And he's like, so I can be happy like you? And she's like, I am happy. I'm a reporter now. Like, I'm going to go enroll in high school and commit felonies, bruh. I'm happy as hell. <laughs> yeah, because I'm on that career track to jail. Yes. <laughs> We're workshopping this new story. It's called To Catch a Predator. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my editor, Chris Hansen, is very big on it right now. (laughs) (laughs) And he says to her, like, you're kidding, right? Like, do you remember high school? Do you remember what they called you? And she says, Josie Grossi. And he says, I know, I made it up. I didn't know it would catch on. (laughs) (laughs) He plays such a good older brother. He's he's her younger brother. brother. Oh, he's the younger brother? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He just looks so old. (laughs) He's conservatively 40 in this film. Yeah. She rushes to the bathroom and pulls, and it just reminded me of that episode of the IT crowd where they have the pull chain that's not the flush, it's the emergency mm-hmm. alert. 
Uh, that's in one of my favorite episodes where they go see Gay the Musical or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's Gay, a gay musical called Gay. Yeah, it's uh, so funny. I love that show. Too bad the guy that made that show is a horrible transphobe. I know. It me that out. breaks my heart. Graham Linneman, I think, is how you yeah, say his name, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Something. I, I mean, but I feel the same way about uh, <laughs> the lady who wrote uh, Harry J. Potter. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, yeah. Same. Breaks my anyway. heart. I know. So uh, she pulls a chain, which I think is the toilet flush, but pulls it out of the ceiling. So yeah. the toilet is now broken. And she pulls some toilet paper and we cut to a flashback in high school where someone puts a roll of toilet paper in her backpack and then pours Sprite on all her books. Yeah. Oh, so mean. It's so mean. And she runs up to the popular guy and she's like, hi, Billy. I noticed you weren't in math class, so I took notes for you. And her backpack leaks and it looks kind of like pee. Yeah. And she looks in the mirror in the Tiki post and sees her high school self and is basically like, we can't do this. Now, that the fact that the popular guy is named Billy and her whole like fawning for him in the flashbacks made me think of a movie that I don't think we can justify doing. Is it called on Angus? This show. No, uh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Oh. <laughs> because it's not really a romantic comedy as much as just, just a wonderful movie about friendship. We could do it for Bromance Month. <laughs> Bromance Month, do Romeo and Michelle's. Um, but the popular guy in that movie is Billy as well. Except the difference is instead of just being nerdy, she has like a metal back brace and they keep putting magnets on. <laughs> I love Romy Michelle. We cut back at her apartment and she's trying to figure out how she's going to become a high school student. It's like all this makeup and stuff laid out. And there's a few sheets of something that only happened in this period of time. I think you can maybe do it digitally now, but there used to be a thing where you would pay for a service to Photoshop different hairstyles and colors onto your face. I could easily do that in Photoshop now, but yeah. Yeah, and and they would give you just like sheets of them and then you would just like pick out what you wanted and take it to a hairstylist. And to see sheets of those, I was like, oh my God, I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> but that was fully a thing. It was a thing. She pulls up to school with a bang as the engine ba basically backfires. It blew me away that none of the students react like it's a gun going off. It's because, let's see, hold on. Yeah, this came out three weeks before Columbine did. That's what I was, that's what I was checking. It um, came out the same month. This came out in early April. Columbine was April 20th. I remember because I was in high school. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. I thought about that at the time where I was like, Didn't, no one thinks it's a gunshot. And it's like, no, everyone just kind of stops and looks at her and is just like, whatever, and keeps going. Yeah, who's the peacock driving that? old car okay can we talk about her outfit <laughs> that's why i said that Paige. okay i need to take a time out because it's not just her outfit her makeup is like pure white she looks like a vampire she looks like lestat mikey outfit and makeup <laughs> uh, so as as someone who definitely was wearing makeup like this at the time and shouldn't have because it was bad for my skin tone i'm definitely in autumn she is wearing like we used to powder foundation, do like concealer and powder foundation. You can kind of see because she's got like concealer by her lip and it shows up. It's just not blended out well. And I don't know if that was a choice or they just had a bad makeup artist. It progressively gets better throughout the movie. So I it think does. She, it shows yeah. that she like very subtly it shows it that she's getting better at doing her makeup this way. Yeah. She's wearing like icy eyeliner. And this was like a thing at the time where you would have like 
I used to wear white eyeliner, like like glittery white eyeliner all the time and like blue eyeshadows, like the worst. I know I have pictures of it. And then she's wearing the like it was really big at the time to have these like icy pink lipsticks and it would almost make your whole face look shiny but all the same color it was a very weird time for makeup yeah in a boa she's wearing a boa it's actually a piece of her shirt yeah i think it's like the trim mm, on mm, her mm. shirt yes which i think is worse <laughs> it is worse but this was a thing and my mom wouldn't let me wear them and like i, <laughs> I remember it because my cousin used to wear them you should thank your mother <laughs> i should there was a thing at the time where there were these shirts that were like it was like see-through material. Yeah. And you could get them a couple different ways. And they were meant to be worn over like a camisole, which we can't really see what she's wearing. It might be a camisole, though. Yeah. Yeah, because she's got the boa and everything. And then they also have like bell sleeves. <laughs> and they're cut in like an empire waist where you had like buttons below and then it would like cut right under your boobs. They were the strangest, most ill-fitting shirts and they were everywhere. And all I wanted to do was wear one and I couldn't. Because I was a fucking D cup at 12. And so like <laughs> some of us have our own crosses and or boobs to bear. to bear. <laughs> anyway, all the shirts had that trim. Yeah. And it was like hot glued onto the shirt. So it would definitely fall off. So like she's wearing <laughs> something and white jeans were a thing. I know they give her shade for white jeans. But this was like the time when people actually yeah. did wear them. I used to wear white jeans on stage all the time. White jeans, no shirt. That's a oh, bad God. idea, Todd. <laughs> She's also got like a big colorful tote bag. She's very 1999. Like this is very accurate, I would say. I don't know, man, because everyone's making fun of her. It's like this weird mix between like 80s style and 1999. Yeah, and here's the thing that I thought was weird is everyone's making fun of her, but they're not necessarily dressed any better. Like if you look at Jessica Alba and Jordan oh, Ladd no, and everybody, terrible. Yeah. they're dressed just as badly. It's just more colorful. <laughs> I feel like I remembered clothing like that at the time so i didn't think she was dressed that weird i think it's just more her you know aura that's a little strange well and she also says i'm not gonna let molly shannon's character dress me again right yes so she does get stopped at the metal detectors which i thought was an interesting inclusion that they had those that they had those and it's pre-columbine but then I remembered they put those in uh, local high schools growing up for knife fights. So, like... Yeah, Sharks versus Jets was a big problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since the 60s, There were stabbings. Well, and that's why they take away her nail file. That is why they take away her nail file. Yeah, There's a whole right. trash can full of nail files. <laughs> well, that was so funny. It's like the airport. Yeah, and then after yeah. Columbine, they got way more prevalent. Yeah. Uh, I do just have in my notes at this point, her ice pink lipstick is giving me PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she walks into class late, and the popular girls already don't like her, and they make her wear the tardiness sombrero and stand in front of the class to talk about herself. And she just, like, bungles the whole thing. She bungles it because a high school boy walks in. A high school boy that you can tell she is super attracted to and says, yeah. Billy? Like, uh, <laughs> she was talking to her high school crush. She, like, flashes back and it looks like her high school crush. Now, here's the thing. I don't think that she actually has a crush on Guy. I think at a certain point in the movie... She's doing that for the story, and I think she's really, really into the teacher. And that's yeah, but not at that's this the point. realness. At this point, she doesn't know shit. 
Yeah. So, at this point, she's a 25 year old who's like, this 17 yeah. year old can get it. Uh, which I don't know about you guys. I look at 17 year olds and I'm like, oh, children. Like, I look no. at 20. Yeah, I look at 26 year olds like that. Yeah. Like that. yeah. That's, <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. One of my favorite things about Natalie is that she's age appropriate. <laughs> yeah, that's, I would never like, I have a limit to how much younger than me I would date and it's getting smaller and smaller the older I get. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I would say five years ago, I would have probably dated somebody who was 21 and I was 28 and it wouldn't have bothered me. And now I'd be like, you're either 29 right now and I'm 33 or it's not happening. <laughs> like, right. But I'm also I'm married, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I am not but, married. Yeah. Mikey, what's your lowest number that you would date? Half my age plus seven. No. What, what is that? <laughs> you're 36? 18 plus seven. 25. Oh, that's too young. Ooh, that is too young, too young, Mikey. Yeah. That's too young. I wouldn't date someone who wasn't like at least early 30. That's like the legal precedent, you know? I, I uh, no. I mean, the legal precedent is for you and I is gross because there's no way I'm dating someone who's 18. So she goes to the next class where uh, she tries to sit down. The popular girls stop her, even though there's no assigned seats. She right. ends up sitting in the front. And this is where Lily Sobieski kind of befriends her in this English class. And because it's English, Josie's actually good at it. She knows what the word pastoral means. Yeah, and where it comes from. And, and where it comes from. And the popular kids mock her for it. But the teacher's like, ooh, this 17-year-old girl can get it. Yeah. Are you sure you're 17? <laughs> Gorgeous Michael Vartan just like hanging out like an English teacher snack. Oh, my God. <laughs> the thing is, he is super into this 17-year-old girl. Yeah, he wants to shake his yeah, spear. And I do feel like he's <laughs> conflicted about it, but that doesn't stop him from acting No, and there are it. legit two reasons, one ethical and one legal. Yeah. She's 17, and that's against the law, and he's dating someone at this point. Yeah, and he's her teacher, so three. Yeah, there's yeah, three. three. Yeah, yeah, this isn't college. You can't date your students. Even in college, you shouldn't. I know, but I don't think it's illegal. It's not illegal. You just can't trade grades for it. Yeah, it's it's not, uh, because I had a professor that looked a lot like Michael Vartan, and... I'm Michael Vartan. Did that dude! <laughs> I, did, I, taught... <laughs> I did not, but plenty oh, okay. of girls did. <laughs> I taught courses in college, in grad school. Uh-oh. Oh, no. And part of the introduction is like, look, you can, but don't trade grades for it. Oh, oh I geez. thought you meant part. Of, I thought you meant. I thought you meant part of your introduction for the class. I'm yeah. Mikey. I'm your professor. I will sleep with you, but, but you not will for still get an F. <laughs> <laughs> I just did not have the confidence back then to, to try something like that. You could either get a ninety percent by doing your homework or a sixty-nine by hanging out oh. after class. Sixty-nine will not affect your grade. <laughs> That's actually a worse grade and you'll fail. It's your oral report. <laughs> oh my god. If you went to school and Mikey was your professor, we want to talk to you. I was like 22 too. So it's like I'm like 1 year older than the people. I'm like, "Hello." There was an art history TA that I was super super crushing on. That was very nice to me and very sweet, but I think also was like, you're a 15 year old, or not 15. Oh God. No, you're like, a, <laughs> you're an, you're 18. I'm 22 and I have better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like not interested, <laughs> but he was very cute. But this is not college. This is high school. I know. And, but again, Michael Farts, no, <laughs> no, wrong. no, it is wrong. 
it's wrong. It's but sometimes it feels so right. No, it's wrong. Uh huh. Uh huh. The, the thing is, she is twenty five. She is of age. Right. She's of age. And there was a part of me that's like, maybe he doesn't realize it, but that is why he's attracted to her. Like maybe subconsciously. That's how the movie tries knows. to play it. Yeah. No, it isn't. Because when he finds out she's twenty five, he's like, well, I'm not into it anymore. I'm out. He has a throwaway line at the end about it has some lines at the end about it but also i don't think it's because she's 25 i think it's because she was doing a story on him and that kind of a story would ruin your career it legit would yeah and for all he knows she was 17 this whole time and he was about to profess his love for her yeah so maybe that's not great though it's not it's not uh it's a pity that he's so handsome uh but yeah it's not but like good for her because he's hot <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? he is but you know she's gonna like if he goes back to teaching she's gonna be like who is she <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're gonna have trust issues for sure yeah you're yeah, 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 tutoring yeah. a 17 year old yeah uh, so she's in the cafeteria she's trying to get lunch she tries to sit with the popular girls and spills chocolate milk down oh, her white jeans it's so sad and <laughs> yeah it's it's real bad uh then the hot guy guy walks up i love when she finds out what his name is yeah because it's just guy oh and she's so fucking charming in this movie like she's so like weird and just funny i love it so much she's so great she's all i mean she's super nice in person too so like and i'm i am down for drew barrymore because she's nice and that's all true but the way she like comes at guys still a little creepy since she's 25 yeah yeah i'm not saying it's, yeah. it's good that she's like in the context of the movie she's not like acting she's not like i'm an undercover reporter she's like really feeling those feelings and acting like that which is Far worse. <laughs> yeah, she's reliving her high school experience because her original high school experience was so bad. It was terrible, yeah. She ends up like fumbling and rhyming and he just says, are you in special ed? Like, are you? Oh, yeah. Here's what I kind of love. He's not making fun of her. No. He is genuinely asking. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, no. Like, here's the thing. There is absolutely nothing wrong with being in special no. ed. And he's just trying to clarify. But I think... For her, she's just digging a grave of things that are not true about her. Oh, where, yeah. Like, she's got the ballet thing. She's got, you know, knowing too much about English class. And then now, is she in special ed? No one knows. She's kind of becoming this weird <laughs> enigma. Yes. We cut to P.E. and she is failing. I was terrible at P.E. I don't know if you know how bad it hurts to run with a set of double D's by the time I was in high school, but like there are not enough sports bras in the world in 2002 to make it okay. <laughs> Looking to she fit nowadays. Well, yeah, now, yeah. now, yes, yes. Now we got, you know, some good options, but back then, nah. But she even says, like, she's like, water, I need water. And she goes, <laughs> if you don't do this, you're going to fail and you won't get into college. And she goes, you're still telling that lie. Which, by the way, <laughs> is fully a lie yeah that is totally a lie i did terrible in gym the whole time although i think i managed to get like b's for effort or something I like that i thought you had d's mm. thank you mikey d's nuts uh, and i remember when i was like filling out my college stuff they did not care what grade I got in PE, just that I had completed the class. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, college could not care less about your PE. 
Unless you're like going to play for one of their sports teams, like why would they care? At one point I was looking at track scholarships, but I was just like, my hips and knees were already thrashed and I was like, not an Olympic hopeful. And I'm just like, I'm going to have to battle out other big girls who throw discus to do this. Is it worth it? I could just go on my school merits. So, you know. I'm just looking for a girl who will catch disc is never mind. All right, whatever. That's a good one. That's I was going to say something like that, so I appreciate it. <laughs> never try to catch a discus. It will break bones. Yeah, those things are heavy as shit. People get killed throwing discus every year. It's like a whole thing. People get killed by this discus. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they get split in fucking half, as that girl told us. Right, Mikey? Right? We cut to the end of the day. She's on the phone with her brother, and the car is gone. And Lily Sobieski, who we find out her name is Aldi's, basically tells her, hey, they do it to all the new kids. They hide your car. And she offers like, hey, do you want to walk over to this coffee shop and get something to eat? Uh, and they do. Yeah. And she actually tries to interview Aldi's, which I think it's really funny whenever she tries to interview people that she's like, I'm not a reporter, but what are your hopes and dreams? <laughs> uh, Aldi's has like tons of wants and hopes and dreams because she's a very smart, promising young girl. Yeah. And she wants to go to Northwestern. And Josie's like, I went there. I mean, just once to use the bathroom. But it seems nice. They have nice facilities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as they're talking, her brother drives past the coffee shop in the Buick LeSabre and he's wrapped the car. Yeah. In, in the tiki, in post. tiki yeah. post. Yeah. But we do find out where they hit her car. They hit her car on the football field. And the band is playing around it as they're having a conversation. Uh, Todd's people. But before that happens, she answers a phone call. That is true. Yeah. From her quote unquote dad, who was John C. Riley. Yeah. And tells him that she wants to do an expose on cafeteria food. And he's like, no, sex sells. Find it. Like, call me when you have an actual story. Yeah. These are high school kids. So naturally, our readers want to know about their sex lives. Uh, he's not wrong. I mean, like, it's just very troubling. If, if you if you wrote an article that was like high school students read books, I'm going to be like, no shit, Sherlock. But if you're like high school kids suck each other off for bracelets, I'll read that every day. Well, that's how misinformation gets spread about like rainbow parties and shit like that yes. because of high school sex poses. Yeah, I went to high school and I was never invited to any sex parties, let me tell you. And no. listen, I was not super popular in high school, but... I was class president at one point. Oh, so you were very unpopular. I don't know, class president in our high school was very much a popularity contest. I Yeah, I hmm. my best friend was homecoming queen, so like... I was probably pretty yeah, kind of popular. popular. Which, I mean, for a fat girl, achievement. Do you know how funny I had to be? Pete, <laughs> after watching <laughs> 90s rom-coms, now I do. <laughs> yeah. Truth. Anyway, they get the car started on the field, and uh, the band, as it walks past them, is playing the Simpsons theme. I know, yes. right? I thought that was so wild. I also thought it was ridiculous that she would be having a conversation while, like, a trumpet is playing literally feet from her. You would have to yes. be yelling to hear yes. somebody. Yes, Todd, it is a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. She asks her how she's at calculus and if she'd like to join the denominators, which is essentially the mathletes. Yeah. And she does. And they we get like a little montage of them like competing and having pie day and winning a meet. And I don't know if you like I don't know how things went at your school or, or in your educational track. I feel like the people who are super good at English and theater 
not great at calculus. No. Speaking uh, from personal yeah. experience. <laughs> Agreed. Paige, I had to blackmail my Algebra 2 teacher to pass. <laughs> Same. I was dog shit at calculus. <laughs> yeah, math math almost kept me out of college and then all but kicked me out of college at one point. Like, <laughs> I'm so bad at math. Yeah. So we cut back to English class and they are talking about As You Like It, which is uh, where we get the famous phrase, all the world is a stage and men, men and women are merely players. And yeah. we get this like mini lecture about how disguise is freeing. And they have... The most 90s item, a hacky sack. Yeah, because he's playing yes. hockey. Well, he's got a hockey stick, right? The teacher does, right? right. And he's mm-hmm. like playing with a hacky sack, which honestly, he does pretty well. I was honestly a little impressed with the actor's skill to do that. He's actually a hockey player, and that that's makes why sense. they wrote it in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but he basically has this lecture of like, when you are hidden you can be more of yourself sometimes which is so true liberating yeah which is incredibly true but also i don't think what the play was trying to say because i think i thought they were trying to say that like you know no one is their true self yeah everybody kind of puts a projection on playing their role their part potentially so i mean in that play like she has to go into what would be drag drag right to right. uh, sort of escape into the woods and like it, she has to be in drag and then she runs into Orlando in drag and can speak freely yes. with him right. while and, in and drag. So I, I do mm-hmm. sort of think they're right, but I'm not sure in context about the play. But like that 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 quote, I think. right? I, I yeah, I'm not yeah. sure about the context of that quote because it's been forever since I've read that. But I think of it more of in the way that RuPaul has always said, "We're all born naked and the rest is drag." Yeah, which is kind of uh-huh. similar. Good quote. Anyway, I think he's a shitty teacher. <laughs> he's a pretty good teacher he is okay? a pretty good teacher yeah he loves that. his students yeah he does he tries to get them into Dartmouth and bed yeah cause he wanna put he wanna put his dart in her mouth <laughs> he wants a dart in that mouth I mean I know it's wrong but he's so pretty <laughs> <laughs> It's wrong. It is wrong. Absolutely wrong. Our official stance as a podcast as a whole is that it is wrong. It is wrong. (laughs) No matter what Paige says. And maybe that's what makes it more appealing, but it's wrong. (laughs) No, Paige, stop talking immediately. Oh, my God. All the world's a stage, and I want to play with your parts. (laughs) Oh, God. Am I the Mikey of this episode? Yes. Yes. You are. It's wrong. It's very wrong. Yeah. She ends up reading in class and we cut to a flashback of her reading a poem, 10 Things I Hate About You style. Other romantic comedies took a lot of stuff from this because they also did Fetch before Fetch was a thing. Like they do yeah, like they do that whole joke there, through this film. There's a lot of mean girls in this because it's mathletes <clears throat> as well yeah. and Rufus slash Fetch. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to make Rufus happen. But yeah, she's reading in front of her like 80s high school class in the flashback and she's like, I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. <laughs> I don't really hate you at all. (laughs) Exactly, Paige. Thank you. It was so 10 things I hate about you. I loved it. But Uh, this poem somehow was more cringe. It was mortifying. And he's like front row. And it's clearly about him. So we cut to her in the library later. And her BFF back in the 80s, Marissa Jarrett Winoker, 
who is only in this movie for like 10 seconds, but is great. She only has this uh, one scene, but she kills it. Dude, the way she, she runs it. across the library <laughs> is so like a good. linebacker who caught up like interception and is running for a touchdown, <laughs> and she fucking crushes it. She does not get enough respect for that. I love it. Yeah, not at all. She's amazing it. And she just comes up and she's like, what if you wanted forever? And she just says, I'm the most popular girl and Billy is asking me to prom. And she just says, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But Drew Barrymore does have the moment of like, why? And then she responds with, I don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) The poem. I knew he liked the poem. It wasn't the poem. It was not the poem. What happens to her is fucking disgusting i felt so bad for her yes we know what happens to these people in real life by the way what do you mean this i mean when people fuck up your prom it fucks you up for life apparently oh yeah we do have first-hand knowledge of someone who had something like this happen to them i mean the glow up is great but like self-esteem issues forever So we cut back to modern day. There's two teens kissing against a locker and she has to like navigate around them to get to her locker. Yeah, because it's hers. Yeah. Right. Uh, This is where we find out that the prom theme is going to be millennium. And this is the first time we hear Guy coin the phrase Rufus. The prom is going to be Rufus. It's cool now. Spread it around. Yeah, it's my new word. Tell everybody. (laughs) <laughs> and we find out that they compete every year with another high school for the best prom. Uh, we cut to Lily Sobieski and Drew Barrymore driving with what I imagine is Lily's younger sister. In the back, yeah. Yeah, listening to folk music and drinking milkshakes. Just aggressively uncool. <laughs> The milkshake part seems pretty damn cool to me, as all I'm going to say. That's fine. It's the folk music that I was really more upset by. Yeah, the only folk music I was into at this time was Dave Matthews Band. Okay, nerd. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's mainly because their drummer is literally the best drummer in the world. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God. Yeah, I had this conversation in high school. Can we move on? Carter Beaufort is amazing. I cannot have you talk so much shit about the Beatles. Well, okay, the Beatles, their drumming is not the best because as as John Lennon once said, when somebody asked him if Ringo was the best drummer in the world, he said he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. So that's not (laughs) a good thing to compare it to. I was thinking of that one-armed drummer guy. No, I was talking about Todd can't talk shit about the Beatles and then come on here and overhype Dave Matthews every day. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Oh, I don't think Dave Matthews' band is better than the Beatles. I think their drummer is amazing. We've got to get back on track. We've got to get back. There's no band better than Nine Days. Oh, there's definitely bands better than Nine Days. It was just the most obscure band I could think of from this time period. (laughs) The One Hit Wonder, absolutely the story of a girl. Is that the story of a girl? Yeah. Yeah. I only know she 90s music. She looks so in photographs. I absolutely love her. When, when she, she smiled. Yeah, that was that. Yeah. How many days in a year? She woke up with hope, but she only found tears. I know way too much of that song still. Okay. No, it's it's a great song, but it's also their only song. I'm just really proud yeah. that I knew a band. Mikey, I honestly am impressed too. I will see your nine days and raise you Delamitri. <laughs> Is that roll into you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Look around your world, pretty baby. Is it everything you hoped it'd be? The wrong guy, the wrong situation. The right time to roll to me. So good. Yeah. So good. And Same I don't time period. Think I have ever seen it so far in despair. So if you want to talk the night through, guess who will be there? 
Which song did you listen to when you slept with your English teacher? This one, Mikey. <laughs> I will see your role to me and raise you a Tal Bachman. Oh, she's a god and I am. <laughs> no, that's Vertical Horizon. Oh, Tal Bachman it, no. is, she's so She's so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey is like throwing in random laughs every now and then, but fully not paying attention to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, do I have an email? <laughs> He's just going to pop back in suddenly and just be like, what about Evan and Jaren, bitches? Um, okay, we got to get. Anyway, so there's worse music than folk music. Oh, my God. Natalie just texted me. Tal Bachman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they drive past the old drive-in movie theater, and now it's called, quote-unquote, The Court. The Court. And it's basically a continuous party yeah. for the popular kids. As they kind of slow to pass, Guy comes up to the car, and he, A, calls, this is the first time uh, we hear them call Aldi's Alpo. Yeah. And basically tells them to get the hell out and she's like it's a free country and he basically just is a dick to them yeah, until she's she a leaves dick. yeah he's very cruel to yeah leave. uh and as they're driving away i think we get a really interesting moment between her and drew barrymore where she's like it's lame all they do is stand around and get drunk and drew barrymore says do you really think it's lame because i think this is drew barrymore adult thinking back to when she was a teenager yeah. and thinking all i wanted to do was be accepted and be those people yeah and right. so I know that you're saying it's lame, but like, I know you want to be there. But Aldi's is just her stand in for this timeline, right? Yeah. 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 Basically. Because they treat her like shit, like they treated Drew Barrymore like shit yeah. in school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, she didn't do any favors with the prom. I'm going to tell you. What? Double Helix? Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really cool costume. <laughs> I mean, you even said earlier in this episode you were super into blue jumpsuit, Lily. I mean, I'm, I'm into her. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did keep track in the prom of all the couples I could identify and see as they show up. And there's some real great ones in there. But Double Helix is great. Like, that's a really funny, inventive costume, especially if you're going to the prom with your friends. Like, mm -hmm. As the teacher who's in charge of the nominators, you, that's exactly what you would tell them. Yeah, but also, I mean, not not everyone ends up with dates at prom, and you could you should normalize going with your friends. I I would say. Oh, for sure. Dates do not give you validation. Just go with your friends, have a good time, be a double helix. I don't give a shit. Anyway, so we cut back to the office the next day, and someone has scooped the story on the court. So. They're mad because they're like, you're undercover, you knew about this, and you didn't bring this to us as a story. Right. And they basically tell her at this point, like, no, now you have to be friends with the popular kids. That's where your stories are. Yeah. And your job and John C. Riley's job depend on it. I honestly wish, and we never figured it out, but I really wish we figured out who the other undercover reporter was at her high school. Because there clearly is one. There clearly is one because they keep getting scooped. Yeah. They're, and they're interviewing the popular kids. So, like, it's one of them, I think, or someone close to them. Hmm. Is it? It's James Franco. It is James Franco. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. so? Yes, I absolutely think so. Okay, okay. He's, like, on the fringe of that friend group. Yeah, you only yeah, see yeah, him yeah, a yeah. few times, you know? Yeah, I definitely think it's James Franco. And he's... Also into younger. Okay, okay, okay. That's a allegedly type take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the end of the movie, when they're showing that the other paper scooped 
her story about her being in high school. Uh They have a picture of her taking her crown off. And the Uh only person who could have taken that photo was one of those people. And James Franco is one of those people. Ah, okay. That makes sense. We cut to Josie's house where her brother, David Arquette, is over watching baseball uh, because their mom and dad are having a Franklin Mint dinner. Which like I have no idea what that is. They come for money, obviously. Franklin Mint <laughs> was a company that sold collectibles. Like Oh, okay. Like fancy collectible porcelain dolls or like movie movie memorabilia. And they used to have like stores in the mall and stuff. But they would all come with like certificates of authenticity. So she's talking to Rob, her brother, about her high school experience and how she has to befriend the popular girls and it's impossible. And he's like, damn, these are high school girls, which is like the first of many times that an adult man in this movie is just like, damn, look at them teenagers. I get older, but they stay the same age. It definitely has that vibe. (laughs) And she talks about how all she wanted was to be accepted and they tortured her when she was in high school. And they did. Yeah, and they did. And this is where Rob finds out that she was at Southland South and that they have a really good baseball team. And he basically tells her, like, you're an adult now. You're successful. You wash your hair. You're not Josie Grossy anymore. And he makes her scream it, which is great. Yeah. But he tells her that you only need one person to think you're cool. And then that gets you in. Because they'll be too, like, afraid to, like, go against it. Right. Which is 100% true. 100% true. We cut to the next day. She parks in front of school and a van pulls up behind her. And now they're making her wear a wire and a camera. And they're reviewing the tapes at the office every day. Yeah. Which Okay, there's some weird things about this. One, she wears it in the bathroom. Well, are you unfamiliar with how women go to the bathroom? No, but no, how no, does no. she go to the bathroom without them? Like, th- there's it's it, problematic. They're watching because, her. Yeah, they're, they're watching, watching her, her use the bathroom. bathroom. Well, again, are you unfamiliar with how women use the bathroom? The camera is on her chest. They would just see the bathroom door. It's like a violation of privacy. It's a violation of privacy for everyone who's in the bathroom. She also goes to the gym and she changes. Yeah, like they have video. The changing in the gym is a problem. It's very weird that your take is, no, I think this is fine. (laughs) (laughs) You basically have a... A, a whole at this point through the film you have all of her side characters watching the video of her rooting for this teacher to molest her yeah i mean yes uh no <laughs> i i was thinking more along the lines of you were worried about them seeing her going to the bathroom and i'm like no but i don't want my boss hear me poop if my boss is gonna make me wear a camera they're gonna hear me poop yeah that's gonna be their punishment yeah and i'm gonna make him juicy too <laughs> juicy poop is not a, two things i want to hear in conjunction i'm just like saying that. josie has grounds for a very good lawsuit oh, oh yeah, ab- absolutely. yeah absolutely so this is the second time in this van that we hear an adult man be like damn them high school girls though oh yeah a lot of that yeah, happens in this movie Oof. Uh, we cut to her reading her paper in English class as Michael Vartan just kind of like dreamily stares at her. <laughs> we cut back to her oh. office where everyone is sitting watching because now they're invested in the love story between her and the teacher. Yeah. Which, again, yes, is them rooting for a teacher to molest her. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not good. And they haven't even had like a conversation at this yeah. point. I do like that Mikey's problem at this point is not that she's underage. It's that. They haven't even been on a date yet. No, 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 not even that. <laughs> the only interaction in this movie they've had is that, like, Shakespeare thing. Like, they have not yeah, had much interaction. You're right, Mikey. I actually 
as I was watching this last night, I remembered, I thought I remembered them having more interactions than they do. Right. And they really don't. He has a handful of teacher interactions with her. And then at a certain point, and it's after this next scene, it becomes much friendlier. Yeah. Too friendly for a teacher, seemingly overnight with no reason for it. Yeah. So we cut to, she's back at school. The couple's making out in front of her locker. She tries to negotiate with them to make like a schedule. She was supposed to go to a denominators thing. She doesn't. She ends up skipping out on that because she finds out that there's a band playing tonight that's supposed to be, quote, totally Rufus. And you you know what? You're right. James Franco is the other reporter. He has to be. He has to be. Because he's at that scene. Well, not only is he at that scene, so it's going to be totally Rufus. And he's like, yeah, Rufalicious. And guy is like, no, Rufus not rufalicious yeah. and i'm just like oh now i'm thinking i'm like he's an adult yeah. like trying to be cool uh, and yeah. also failing 100 that's what it is so we cut to the band that night and it's like a salsa fusion band which <laughs> def- definitely was a thing at the time like that's not crazy are you, are you saying Paige, that this is possibly not rufus <laughs> yeah so this came out within weeks of Livin' La Vida Loca being released. Oh, okay. An, an English language version. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, absolutely, this music was popular at the time. Um, the popular girls are dancing. But like a choreographed dance that they had practiced an hour and a half before this at one of their yeah. houses. And that, to me, is very sad. Uh, but girls like to do choreographed. We love choreographed dances at that age. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. My, my friend and I, at the time, definitely had a choreographed dance to Bewitched which is a band that I'm sure no one else remembers, but that's fine. Let's unpack this for a second. Do we have time? Yeah, I think we have time. Todd, were you saying that people who practice a routine to music for hours on end I feel like I know where this is going, and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) With specially choreographed moves and movements and on certain beats, things of that nature. Are you saying that that is lame? Only in certain contexts. Like, what if they're marching? No, then I'm not on board for it. Yeah. And okay. also well, Mikey Rude. <laughs> anyway, uh they she runs into Michael Vartan and his girlfriend who seems to just not like him. Oh, his girlfriend does not like him. No. She's like, nope. I, I am definitely gonna break up with this guy. Been there. <laughs> they do the 13 going on 30 thing where she's like, You're moving to New York, right? Yeah. Right? And it's clear that's how they create tension. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because they've been together five years. Now that she's much older, yeah, he is no longer interested. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna come to college with me, right? In New York? No. <laughs> so the popular girls won't let her sit with them. So she sits next to a group of Rastafarians, or she calls them Rastafari. Yeah. Rastafari. Well, that's the pluralized version. Yeah, I mean, M- Mikey, that just makes sense. I don't know why you're having trouble with that. I think Rastafarians is the correct pronunciation. That's fine. She should know. I believe it is Rastafari. I, I, I might be very wrong. I don't know. Uh, but they literally exist to be a stereotype in this film and yes, give her a pot true. brownie. Yeah. Where she is high as hell and she's yelling about, it's a firecracker because that's what we used to call edibles back in the day. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. Oh. When I was in college... In college, they still refer to them as firecrackers occasionally. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And she's 
like looser and having fun. She gets on stage and dances. She steals someone's boa and then dances with it between her legs. They are not. They do not want that boa back. No, that they boa do not. is snail trailed to hell. <laughs> oh, oh my God. it's like dental floss, oh really. God. No. Anyway, <laughs> I love when we make Mikey make that specific laugh. <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah. Um, it's bad. Yeah. Everyone sees it. But at, at the end of it, people seem to kind of come around where they're yeah. just like, hey, she likes to party, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You know who really liked it? Michael Vartan. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, she likes to get high. This is an easy in for me. Oh, boo. <laughs> I don't want it to be true. But it is, Pam. But it is. So we cut We cut back to her apartment. She's on the phone with Rob. And she's eaten an entire pie by herself. But then just says, someone ate my entire pie. That shit was How hilarious. How did that happen? That someone ate this funny. whole pie. Oh, my God. It was you, Drew. It was you. It was me with the family-sized bag of pizza rolls in the <laughs> library with the candlestick. Um <laughs> so she passes out in the kitchen, wakes up the next morning, and she, ha- I don't know, I have definitely done this, slept against a stamp on your hand, yep. and then you wake up the next morning and it has transferred to a different part of your body, and she's late for school, so she throws a sweater over her dress, rushes to school, everyone's calling her a loser, which is triggering her PTSD. Oh yeah, she's having yeah. a rough time with it, which is understandable, I think. Yep, they can see her stamp on camera. She finally goes to the bathroom and washes it off and ends up throwing up in the bathroom. And we get a flashback to what happened to her at prom where she has this kick-ass metallic dress. I love that dress. It's crazy, but it's awesome. Here's the thing. It's, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. But if you put it on and you were like, yeah, bitch, I'm wearing a metallic dress, you could rock it. Like, it's all about the confidence with that dress. Mm-hmm. So, Billy, the popular boy, calls her and tells her he's outside. She comes outside and they drive by in the limo. He pops out of the moonroof and eggs her. This motherfucker. And then his, I, I hate him so much. His girlfriend pops out and eggs her too. And then they drive away. Yeah. And she's just literally curled sobbing, into a ball, yeah. sobbing on the porch. It is so sad. And she runs away before her family can see her. And it is so sad. And we cut to present day. She's running through the halls crying. She gets smacked in the face by the door to the office (laughs) because we find out that her brother Rob has re-enrolled in high school to play baseball by making his own school ID at the Tiki Post. Okay, can I just say this? This movie goes from the saddest moment in the movie to, I think, one of the funniest moments immediately. Because when she runs around that corner and gets hit by the door, the fucking face she makes yeah, is like this great. cross-eyed, like, sort of. It's so funny. She's so good. It is, but I feel like in some ways we miss a little bit of an opportunity for her to, like, talk about that day with someone oh yeah because like we see it as a flashback but we never she never addresses that day no no joe she is still not processed any of her emotional no, trauma like she has not talked to anyone about it and why maybe she, that's why she doesn't trust people and why she you know hasn't invested in relationships mm-hmm, as much mm-hmm. like attracted to high school boys mm-hmm. all of these things are factors for sure yeah. yeah the closest we get is when she essentially relives that moment later in a positive positive way which is also not great but so her brother decides that he's going to help her be popular and she's like 
you can't just come here and be popular in one day. Smash cut two. <laughs> he is eating an entire bucket of coleslaw and is the coleslaw king of the world and is immediately popular. Yeah, he's immediately in with the click, like the popular click. Yeah, I'm Tracy. I'm 16. I'm a gymnast. I don't have a boyfriend. Like he's immediately popular and immediately has a high school girlfriend. Yeah, this is a 40 year old man. <laughs> Don't worry, he too will become a teacher soon. Uh... <laughs> Holy shit, I forgot this movie ends with him like where he was a predator. As he gets hired coach. there. Yeah. Oh my god, Mike, you're so right. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my god. This movie's a little problematic. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are there are some small tweaks you can There's, make. This movie is so problem. <laughs> I just terrible. want to watch a nice movie with Michael Vartan not being a predator. Uh. <laughs> All of his other movies. All of them. Yeah. So Lily Sobieski approaches Drew Barrymore. We find out that she accidentally ditched her and didn't go to the thing she was supposed to go to the night before. And now their friendship is kind of fractured. Yeah, because Lily is like, maybe you can just forget about sitting with us. <laughs> Uh, we cut to a charity, well, not charity, but a, a carnival to raise money for prom. And Josie gets on the Ferris wheel alone. And the guy running the Ferris wheel is like, single rider, alone in the world. You're single. Just like rubs it in. So Michael Vartan gets on the Ferris wheel with her. Michael Vartan goes, oh, she's easy prey. Right? <laughs> Creepy creeps. It's, he was with male friends at this carnival and left them to go hang out with the high school girl. On I the- did not even realize that, Mike. He, that I, I don't know that he's with friends. I think he's chaperoning this carnival. I, that's worse. I read it as chaperoning because it's a bunch of teenagers and he's a teacher at their school. Yeah, I read it as... This teacher likes to hang out in underage clubs and other places <laughs> that minors are hanging out. Oh, so God. the Ferris wheel means that Drew Barrymore and my dog are, ha- are having the same thing happen to them at the same time. Grooming. She's <laughs> at the groomers. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm going to have to leave in the PetSmart phone call because you said that. <laughs> you son of a bitch. If it wasn't a funny joke, I would cut both of them. <laughs> <laughs> he he gets on the ferris wheel with her which is dicey yeah. and he the first thing he says is i hope this doesn't undermine me as an authority figure but i'm afraid of heights and she says well if you had your gordy howe helmet from his lecture in the beginning about right. disguises you'd feel better and above them is another couple it's not james franco it's the other guy yeah and he just says if the buckets are rocking don't come a knocking <laughs> which is like it's like todd in high school yeah yeah it's real strange <laughs> that's fair but hurtful page uh but michael Martin is like hey i'd like to tell you that we all grow out of it but some some guys are just always assholes basically yeah he's like but some guys are just always into high school chicks Ooh, this is where he starts to confide in her that he and his girlfriend are not doing well because she wants him to move to New York. And, and she's like totally old. Yeah, she's yeah. like a full adult. She like doesn't get us. You like she doesn't like like Hanson, you know, like Hanson's great, right? You love Hanson, don't you? Uh, this was this Hanson was a little earlier than this. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Where's the love? It's not enough. Man, it makes I, the world go round and Is that a Hanson man. song? That is a Hanson song. You had a Hanson song to pull, and you didn't choose Umbop? That's insane to me. No, because I'm a true fan, and Hanson was my first first concert. Go frost yourself. Go frost yourself, Todd. (laughs) 
Mikey, you don't know any other Hanson song other than Umbop either. Yeah, but I'm not going to belittle someone for their choice of music. No, that cut to 30 minutes ago when you're making fun of me for liking the drummer from Dave Matthews Band. I mean, have you seen Zach Hanson drum? Because <laughs> he's better wow. than Ringo Starr. Everyone's better than Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr's the worst drummer to ever make it in a professional band. I hate the Beatles. Wait, oh my even, God. even more than Meg White? No, I honestly think Meg White from the White Stripes is better than Ringo Starr. Controversial opinion, but I don't think it is controversial. <laughs> so anyway, back to the pedophilia. Back to this movie. So the only thing Mikey is more uncomfortable talking about other than pedophilia is music. <laughs> yeah, is, is, is Ringo Starr? I hate this episode. <laughs> Are you saying that you want us to um, stop? But do we stop, stop talking about Fun fact: Michael Vartan would have fucked the Hansons. <laughs> Only because they were underage. <laughs> yes. I when I was younger, I was convinced that I was gonna marry Taylor Hansen and wow. I apologize to my younger self. I did not accomplish that goal. You could tell me right now that Jake was Taylor Hansen and I would just agree with you. <laughs> he is not. Um that's it's a good thing though. Uh my taste changed as I grew older and I became attracted to, to men. <laughs> yeah, so unlike Michael Vartan, you uh Matured like a like a real person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he says to her on the Ferris wheel, I shouldn't be talking about this stuff with you. And she just says, well, it's nice to have someone to talk to. And he then says, when you grow up, people will line up around the block to basically date you. And she says, you have to say that because you're my teacher. And he says, actually, I shouldn't be saying that because I'm your teacher. Yeah. And then Drew Barrymore's like, oh, he's so dreamy. And I'm like, Hello? no, he should be in jail. <laughs> he's like. Hey, do you want to come back to my place? I have some wine coolers. Ooh. <laughs> and then they get back to his place, and Chris Hansen's just like, what were you going to do with these wine coolers? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who were you meeting? And then the guy in the Bush costume just like tackles him for no reason. But he's played by John C. Riley, and then it would work. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. That would have been amazing. If no. Oh, my God. The Bush man is James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> you could fix the problems in this movie by making it where the paper was actually looking for like a pedophilia ring at the high school and they couldn't tell her so they sent her on some bogus undercover assignment and then they <laughs> were trying to find this ring of pedophiles in this school i'm on board yeah. for that movie yeah. yeah james franco in in the bush suit and he like rips his bush mask off after and he's like 21 jump street motherfuckers yeah. and like <laughs> that's the end of the movie i honestly we fixed it, guys. We I'm did really it. here for it. We here did for it. it. All's I'm saying is do yourself a favor and buy the Hanson's Christmas album. Anyway, <laughs> so. Let's cut to the next scene where Michael Vartan buys her a Happy Meal. Oh. <laughs> He's like, I didn't get you a toy because I got you a toy. <laughs> <laughs> it really concerns me how quickly I thought of that. <laughs> we get a montage of scenes where rob is now telling stories about her to try and make her sound cool like she used to date the drummer from big bad voodoo daddies uh that she's the heiress to the x-lax fortune <laughs> yeah she spends time on a yacht and then the final one which i think i had forgotten uh but is the most problematic is that they used to date. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even though they're, so they are brother and sister. And he's like, she dumped me. We're still good friends. And he's like, and they're like, how good of friends? And he's like, she's amazing. Yeah. Basically implying that like, we fucked and it was good. Yeah. But they're siblings and it's bad. 
<laughs> I will say no one at the high school knows their siblings, but it's still disgusting. It's yeah. so real it's bad. It's still an unnecessary weirdness that does not need to be there. It yeah. is some risky business. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> you're welcome, Like Mikey. I'm pretty sure if you're on school grounds as an adult with your pants off, you are a sex offender. Yeah. yeah. Mikey, he should be in prison after prom. <laughs> Yeah. No. Instead, he now teaches there. Yeah. It was the 90s, I guess. <laughs> we cut to sex ed at school, which, of course, is initially taught by Michael Vartan. But then Molly Shannon shows up to say hi and gets roped into giving the sex talk <laughs> and gives them horrible advice. And at one point is just like, yeah, because you don't want to lose it at a Guns N' Roses concert to a dude named Junior. Any any questions? And then all the hands go up. Everyone raises like, their hand. Yeah. Tell me everything. The actual sex ed lady shows up and she just slams the door on her. And at this point, she makes them all put condoms on bananas. Did you guys have to do that? No. no. We went to school in the South. They wouldn't even teach us what condoms were. I was in Atlanta, so I did get real sex ed. But Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm hmm. We did have a thing where we wrote down any questions we had and then anonymously turned this in. We did the same thing. Did yeah, yeah. I thought that yeah. was effective. She went, through, yeah. she went through very scientifically and very knowledgeably. Like, I, I will say I, I think I had a decent sex education. I do too. Oh, I, and I fucked my English teacher. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 my God. I laughed so hard I almost passed out. Holy shit. That was unexpected and amazing. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Young teacher. The subject <laughs> of school girl, girl fantasies. Yeah, if Michael Vartan had listened to the police, so he would not be being arrested by them later in the movie. Don't stand so. Don't stand so. Don't stand so close to me. Such a good song. Very good song. So. While they're all putting condoms on bananas, they're all talking about how, like, oh, do you really think she hooked up with Rob? It seems weird. They're opposites. They seem like brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she ends up talking to the gymnast and is like, hey, you know, sex is a big thing. Make sure you find the right person. Penguin's mate for life. And as she's saying it, she accidentally shoots the condom off the banana into Michael Vartan's eye and just is like, I have to go die now. I laughed <laughs> so hard at that moment because stupid 90s physical comedy still works on me. And this movie's very charming and it sweet. Is. It's and if you don't think about what it's actually doing, it's really great. <laughs> if you don't think about this movie at all, you're like, this is a movie. If you can forego all the felonies that are happening pretty much so, in every scene, you are like, this is great. I love it. As they're all in sex ed, they get a message over the intercom that says, bad news about the prom. East Glen East is doing Millennium 2 as basically its prom theme, right. and they need a new idea. And my favorite is that the first one they throw out is Under the Sea, which is Back to the Future. Yeah, Back to the Future. And then they're like the 80s and they're like, no. And then Guy stands up and he's like, Josie will have the answer. And she comes up with a great theme, no, I think. Which this is, is a terrible theme. This is a theme. terrible theme. And yes, I'll, thank you, Todd. Yeah. This is a great, I, no, I support this, is a this great, prom no, theme. This is a great theme for a couple's costume party. Okay, yeah. okay. I'll Nobody that. wants I'll to go to prom wearing a costume. They want to wear the yeah. dress they want to wear. Like, I, I, as a guy, I'd be I, fine with that's it. That's true. But every girl would hate this because she wants to wear her prom dress. She doesn't want to dress like a fucking bunny or whatever, you know. Like, I did I did have questions about the fact that no one's in actual prom wear and that it is truly a costume party. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. like a Halloween party. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm on board for, but every girl at this high school would be so mad. 
she ends up friends with the popular girls, uh, but is also definitely flirting with her teacher. We yeah. get like a montage of them getting ready for prom and they're like painting a mural together and everyone in the office is watching the video feed and she's calling in with stories of like they keep the tags on and return the clothes and everyone's just like no like y- like you're falling in love with a teacher who thinks you're a student like that is the story like what are you talking about um we cut to her at the mall with the girls she and lily sobieski cross on escalators and it's essentially it's caddy and janice ian from mean girls it's that same exchange right. yeah. of like oh my god another lemming why are you so obsessed with me <laughs> and we cut to them in the stands watching all the boys play baseball and they do like a victory dance there's going to be a party at rob's house which is actually josie's parents house right <laughs> and we find out that he rob is going to start at the like the championship game in front of scouts and guy is sitting on the stands playing guitar clearly like interested in josie but clearly only interested because she's popular. Yeah. It's very vapid. It's very high school. Yeah. We cut back to work where she shows up to a meeting and they demand her story. And she basically is like, well, I've got notes. It's going to be totally Rufus. And they're like, well, we need your story basically in two weeks. Yeah, they give her a deadline. This is when they initiate the ticking clock, Mikey. <laughs> they also tell her that if it's bad, her and her boss are fired. Yeah. And then they vote on marketing department. Yes or no? <laughs> always yes. As someone that works in marketing, always yes. Always no. Waste of money. Oh, my yep. God. Good luck getting leads, nerds. Yeah. We cut to the party at her mom and dad's house, which because they are adults, they've been able to furnish with as much alcohol as they want yeah, right. easily yeah. because they just have money. They should go to jail for this alone yeah. there's so many yeah. creepy parts of the scene yeah well this is where she kind of encounters the gymnast and realizes that that's rob's prom date and pulls rob aside and is like she's 16 yeah and he's like it's- i know right like yeah. <laughs> wants to high five people about it like that that sort of energy it's bad and then guy walks up to pull josie aside he's like i gotta talk to you and he just says see you around the cell block mrs robinson which Todd, as someone who's not seen The Graduate, did that go over your head? No, I got it. I know enough about okay. Mrs. Robinson and, and The Graduate. I know enough about it to know it's not good. I mean, he's an adult in that movie. Well, in the movie so. he is, but they're not in this context. So that's why no. he says, see you around the cell block, because what <laughs> yeah. they're about to do is illegal. Yep. The other creepy part is when they're going, when Guy is taking her upstairs to look for a room, he's like, this is the only room not taken by serious couples. And I was yeah. like. You have high school kids having sex all over your house. Getting drunk and impregnating themselves around your house. Yeah. Well, and this is where the gymnast and Rob are talking about, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he's like a ball player. Well, what if you don't make it? And he's just like, uh. Because you can't work at the Tiki Toast. It's fine for like an after school job, but you can't be the guy who works at the Tiki Post. Yeah. Yep. So they end up in her high school bedroom and she has to like fold down pictures of herself so they don't know that she's Rob's sister Uh, because he does walk through the room and he's just like, man, Rob's sister's a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very funny. But then he sits her down on the bed and he's like, hey, I have an important question to ask you. 
Well, you go to prom with me. Okay, you will. Cool. Bye. Like they don't kiss. Yeah. They don't. They don't do anything that like you might do with your prom date before. Like whatever. It's yeah. Weird. Because they probably sat down to like write and or film that scene, and they were like, "We've got to make some changes." Yeah. Well, or I also think they've established that he's only interested in her because she's popular. Right. And so I think he doesn't like her. I don't think there's any connection there. I think this is purely to keep up appearances. Probably. Oh, okay. I mean, I do sort of get the vibe that he just needs a beard. Yeah, yeah. maybe. So I sort of get Oof. that. He should have been like, hey, I fully know you're 25 because my dad's a cop and I did a background check on you. So let's go to prom together. It's going to be real low stakes because you're not going to do anything. We're going to tell everyone <laughs> that exactly. we fucked. Exactly. And then I won't tell everyone that you're an adult. Right. It'll be great. That's not very Rufus, you guys. <laughs> I do feel like I'd be more comfortable with the movie if that's what it was, though. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to school where it is one day till prom. The party went off without a hitch. And Mr. Coulson, a.k.a. Michael Vartan, is really flirting with Josie at this point. Yeah. He's trying to get her into Dartmouth. It's like a whole thing. And she basically is like, you believe in me that much? And he's like, you're a great writer. I believe in you. Like, it's very groomy. <laughs> so he is trying to get her to go to Dartmouth because it's in New Hampshire and very far away from Chicago. So he's like, listen, I'll have the summer to bang it out with this 17-year-old girl, and then I'm going to ship her off to college, and then on to the next one. He is a predator with a plan. The age of consent in New Hampshire is 16. Well, that's why I uh, have to go there. Oh, my God. It's all in his plan. Oh, my God. He is a predator with a plan. Oh, my God. That is insane. Oh, wow. Oh, that's not oh, Rufus at all. Wow. That is not Rufus, my Vartan. That is the least Rufus part of this movie. <laughs> hey, do you want to go visit this campus together tonight? Right. <laughs> Uh, this is also where they're not, they won't sell Aldis a prom ticket, and she ends up just like giving them money and taking one. Uh, and this is where they decide that they're going to torture her, basically, at prom. Yeah. So we cut to the office where her boss is like, hey, uh, you are clearly falling in love with this teacher. He's clearly falling for you. This is the story. People show up every day at lunch to watch this. This is the best part call me when you got the story and this is where in my notes i just said i mean in a weird way it's good that he's attracted to her and not another student who's underage <laughs> but like he thinks she is and that's what's bad yes it oh, is God. so she gets ready to go to prom she's dressed as rosalind from as you like it yeah. and rob is dressed as tom cruise from risky business which is pantsless just shirt underwear socks yeah that's it sunglasses sunglasses yeah. Uh, and he has nowhere to put his wallet. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. He's like, oh, shit, my wallet. Where are you going to put where it? Where are you going to put it? It was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> the limo rolls up and she's on the same porch because it's her parents' house. Yeah. It's just like in high school. And he pops out of the moonroof, but instead of an egg, it's a rose. And he just says, come on, beautiful, let's go. Yeah, it's super sweet, although very problematic. It's real troubling yeah. when you consider the implications of what happened to her originally and her love life as an adult. Um. We get to prom, and there's a group of people dressed as the village people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
And I was like, couples throughout history, like, was there a gay straight alliance club that we didn't know about at this school that dressed as the village people? Like, yeah, it, that's when I was like, oh, this is just a full costume party. It's just a full costume party. Uh, but there is a tortoise in the hair, yes. and then all the popular girls dressed as varying Barbies. It's Malibu Barbie, Disco Barbie, Evening Gown Barbie. Well, and they also thought that Drew Barrymore was medieval Barbie. And she has to correct them. She's like, yeah. I'm Rosalind in Orlando. And they're like, huh? And she's like, from the play we've been reading this whole movie. She's like, oh, you, you actually study for that class? I just sleep with the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> And he, uh. he basically, he explains it as, I get to have a sword. <laughs> like, the, that's why he's into it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, cool. I wish I had a cool. sword. Yeah. And Got like, it. listen, I get it. Most dudes that are like still high school, like in their hearts, own swords. Hey, my husband owns a sword. And wow. he is not, he's the least high school. He is a manly man. With a sword. With multiple swords it's fine <laughs> don't don't worry about it we're set if zombies come uh so back at the office everyone's watching the video of the prom and molly shannon's like this is the most beautiful prom i've ever been to because we find out that she didn't make it to her prom just the parking lot right and they're all taking bets on the crowning so as we move through prom we see sandy and danny from greece uh star trek although the uh, races are reversed. It's like a, yeah. it's like a black Captain Kirk and a white Lieutenant Uhura. Yeah. And I was like, what? Uh, the gymnast who is dressed as the lead in Risky Business, and she has had champagne. Rebecca De, De Mornay. Yeah, Rebecca De Mornay. Oh, and she tells Rob that she's like, I want you to be my first. Let's have sex, and she puts her foot over her head. And he basically says, I'm flattered, but I'm gonna get more punch, and then we'll dance. Which is not a no. It is not a no. It pretty much seemed like a, hey, we're in public. Let's talk yeah. about this when we're not in public. And yeah. she's like, I've had champagne. I've had champagne. Yeah. And then we cut to the popular girls where one of them says, what's the one thing that could ruin my senior prom? And the other says, if you trip on your heels and I'm named prom queen. Oh, my God. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> And then, which was in the trailer for this movie. I remember oh, yeah? seeing commercials for the movie, and that was in the trailer. Um, we then see the uh, denominators, a.k.a. the mathletes, dressed as the double helix. And they're like, what are you supposed to be? And they're like, a double helix. And you'd know that if you passed bio, <laughs> which is pretty great. It is. Uh, but then we get Mr. Coulson announcing the prom court. And the princesses are the three popular girls. Kristen, Kirsten, and Gibby. And then the princes are Thomas, Jason, and Rob. Thomas and Jason, I don't remember which one is James Franco. It doesn't really matter, but one of them is the other reporter. Has to be. Gotta be James Franco, yeah. Uh, then the king and queen is Guy Perkins and Josie Geller. Everyone cheers. And then... Michael Vartan goes to crown her. Yeah. And it's very, it's it lingers. Yeah. And then he announces that the king and the queen will now have their first dance. Uh, while they do, we do see a shot of Adam and Eve. There's also a shot of Mary, a pregnant Mary and Joseph. Oh, yeah. Who try to sit at the yeah, popular they don't girls' let table. Them sit at the table. It's so There's funny. There's no room. <laughs> so funny. So they're dancing, and Guy asks her, Tell me what you're thinking. And she says, I'm thinking about how Shakespeare described a night like this. Look how the floor of heaven is thick inlaid with the patines of bright gold. And she says, What are you thinking about? And he just says, My sword. You rock my world. <laughs> and we get kind of a shot of Mr. Coulson in the background of this. And he's kind Pining. of. Yeah. Yes. He's like 
sad and staring at her and it's like he's like i broke up with my girlfriend for this 17 year old girl and she's dancing with somebody else i it's very <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. <laughs> don't stand so close to me because he's just like conflicted about it yeah we also see we see a king and queen of hearts and uh this is where i saw saturday night fever and a couple other couples around which is pretty fun yeah they end the dance she goes to get cake and he meets her at the cake table and he says, you make a beautiful prom queen. And then talks about how he feels weird in a tux and then asks her to dance, which at this which point is I'm like, so what? How are the other teachers not like, whoa, yeah. stop it. It's oh, no. real problematic for a teacher to be dancing with a student at prom. Yeah. And as they're dancing, Guy asks Aldis to dance. And don't do it, girl. Well, then she takes off her jumpsuit and you're like, Aldis is packing a nice you want to go i was on? gonna say nothing nothing she's very slim there's not a bump in that jumpsuit <laughs> she looks like dna she looks like tna mikey that would have been the joke oh damn it. okay <laughs> i have a i have a real question i fucked up all those jokes but i have a real question sure, yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. Hit me. why was she wearing a bodysuit underneath the jumpsuit were they all doing that well i think they all were and i think they had opposing colors yeah i think it's blue and red that's what that, that makes more sense so why did they wear the jumpsuits the hooded jumpsuits are connected. Yeah, through a rope. I felt like the jumpsuit is not connected, so it allows them to get out yeah. oh, and okay. still be wearing something. So like if they have to go to the bathroom, they can right. get out of their jumpsuit that is connected. And then go into the bathroom and have to get completely naked out of that <laughs> yeah. leotard to pee. <laughs> so the popular girls are opening a can of dog food for nefarious reasons. and Alpo specifically, because it's it like sounds like her name, right? Yeah, she and Michael Vartan are dancing and like no one is thinking it's weird. Uh, and he's talking to her about like prom makes me sad because everyone scatters and moves on. And then she asks, I think because she remembers that she's wearing the camera, is your girlfriend here? And he says, no, I'm alone. We broke up last week. <laughs> and she tells this kind of like prom comes from promenade and you can't promenade alone, can you? Like, just trying to kind of save right. it. But then she notices that the popular kids have Alpo and that Guy and Aldis are dancing and she realizes what's going to happen. And as she's realizing, he asks her, have you thought about Dartmouth? There's something I really want to tell you. And she disconnects the camera and just says, there's something I want to tell you too. And I think she was going to come clean. Yes. But she sees the dog food. She sees what's going to happen to Aldi's. She flashes back to herself at prom and she slaps the can out of their hands, covering the popular girls with dog food. And they basically are like, I knew you were a loser. And she launches into what I think is probably one of my favorite scenes in this movie is this speech of like, I don't care about being your prom queen. I'm 25 years old and I'm a reporter and I've been beating my brains and trying to be your friend to like for a story and you will spend your lives keeping people down because it makes you feel important and then she's like aldis is awesome and you guys suck and then she outs rob as her brother and then ends it with like basically the world outside is not going to care what happened to you in high school you have to find out who you are and try not to be afraid of it but as she's doing this speech michael vartan leaves and oh, yeah because he's like i'm going to jail yeah yeah i'm going to fucking prison yeah, yeah. rob is kind of like caught in the spotlight and he just tries to save it with like wow i thought she was gonna kill us all like carrie <laughs> and as he's doing that he runs off she runs outside to chase after michael vartan and as she's doing it the guy from the van intercepts her 
and is like, we lost the feed. Gus is going nuts. Please tell me you got something on Coulson, who is standing right there or sitting right there and has heard everything. Yeah. And he's like, so you were doing a story on me? And she's like, no, I I wasn't. I couldn't. And he was like, so you, you were hoping I'd be happy that you set me up. But like everything you said is a lie. I can't look at you the same way, which is like, yeah, yes, it's so weird. He's like, wait, you're 25. I just don't see you that way anymore. No, mm-mm. <laughs> Uh, she comes home, Rob's waiting for her, and he's basically like, how could you do this to me? I helped you. She was 16. You ruined this for me. <laughs> he's horrible. He's a horrible dude. Well, he's mad because he can't play in the game now. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, she's blown her cover, so they were scooped. And again, I think it's James Franco. It is. But she then decides that she's going to write about herself and her experiences in high school and then reliving high school. Yeah. So she comes back to the school in a suit, and they let her on campus, which is a miracle, because I'm pretty sure- Yeah, I don't know about that. School would never let her back. Um, but she talks to the coach- and basically bribes him and is like, I could get a ton of reporters to your game, but you have to let my brother be the assistant coach. And she writes her story. Everyone's reading it. And it's this sensation. So she makes a deal that she'll stand on the pitcher's mound. And if he's willing to take her back and apologize to her, he has to come meet her on the pitcher's mound uh, and give her her first real kiss. Yeah. So this whole plan is terrible. Ten levels of of insane that I've it relies on everyone reading one article within a day yeah it's impossible what I hate about it the most is they put a five minute countdown clock on how long she needs to stand on this mound why why five minutes yeah I can barely make it five minutes on a mound (laughs) you almost made Paige spit out that water that's hilarious (laughs) but like okay so he's either there or he's not there like he doesn't live five minutes away from the school like he either read the article or he's not like i don't know why the five minute even thing needs to be there it makes no sense to me he probably needs a lot of time uh, at home to purge his hard drives and stuff (laughs) (laughs) it just cuts to him not reading the article just smashing hard drives at his house with a hammer he he is moving like because he's packing and so on to the next town he's going to venezuela they don't have an extradition treaty (laughs) i don't know if the implication is that he's moving to new york to be with that girl or if he he just lost his job. Oh, either way, it's not good. Yeah. Hey, honey, things didn't work out with that 17-year-old girl I was hitting on, so can you take me back? I'd love to come move to New York. Yeah, but he does show up a little late, like right as the clock ticks down. Yeah. And they kiss. It's a it's a good kiss. And then they like pull back and he's like, I'm sorry I'm late. It took me forever to get here. I know what you mean. Kiss. And then John C. Riley and Molly Shannon kiss. The popular kids all kiss. This is where we find out that Rob is the assistant coach now. And And that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think? Oh, it's rough. Yeah. Um, It is very rough. There's a lot of felonies going on. There's a lot of bad shit happening in this movie. Yeah. I would say if you want your 90s romantic comedy high school experience, just watch She's All That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree There's with you. There's so I... many less felonies in that movie. Yeah. This movie's very charming, but it's just super problem- problematic in a way that I couldn't get over as I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I'm glad we watched it because it's so rough. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you're watching it like that, and it's really fun to watch through that lens of like, yeah, oh my that God, last they scene? made this? That yeah. last scene where he's mad at her for being old is like so <laughs> weird. 
I mean, yeah. he's mad at her for doing a story on him. I don't think it's just specifically that yeah, she's but he should have been like, He's like, oh, thank God you're 25. Right. He's, yeah. Yes. He's, he's like, oh, my gosh, I was hating myself. I, I didn't know what wrote. I, literally anything he could say to make anything better. He does have a line in there in that section that just says, like, he's like, oh, did you think that I would be happy that it was suddenly OK that I was attracted to you? Which I think means he was struggling with it and was just like, oh, yeah, I think he was. I am yeah. attracted to a high school student. What the hell? He's like, oh, no, not again. He's <laughs> uh, <laughs> clearly going to tell her. Right. Yeah, I mean, during the dance, he was planning on saying, hey, when's your birthday? Uh, uh, hey, New Hampshire's uh, <laughs> age of consent is. What's a, what is it? What is it in Chicago? Uh... I love that we work on a podcast where we consistently have to Google what's the age of consent. <laughs> it's 17. They could. Yeah, they, they could have done it. She's 17. Wow. OK. I wonder if that's why they said it in Chicago. Or they could have been like, I'm a senior and I'm 18 because we had plenty of those. That's yeah, true. Yeah, I was 18 as a senior. There's literally dozens of ways to make this less creepy. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many ways to make this less problematic, and they chose none of those options, Mikey. I turned 18 November of my senior year. So I was 18 for most of yeah. my senior year. I was yeah. 25 for most of my uh, senior year because uh, <laughs> I was trying to get uh, picked up by a talent scout for baseball, so I went back and... Uh, so call back to much earlier in the episode when I mentioned that the Chicago Sun-Times broke a lot of the R. Kelly story. Yeah. Part of the reason that they were able to finally catch and capture R. Kelly and, and actually try him for his crimes is because of the age of consent in both Chicago and Atlanta. So if you are curious about it, Interesting. go read those articles. They are troubling but fascinating. So. Well, speaking of fun facts, Paige, do you want to hit us with the rest of your fun facts? Yes. Nice. Do we want to sing the fun fact song? This is the story of a fact. It's pretty fun and we're going to hear it all. Okay, so. <laughs> I love it so much. So there are small houses in Chicago starting, and this is today's money, around 250 Wow, really? Yeah, now that's wow. not a great neighborhood necessarily. Um, there are some as low as like 160 or even 75, which are in kind of worse parts of the city. Yeah, okay. Um, but with an editor's salary of about 80K modern day, okay. so these are modern day house prices, modern day salary. You can totally afford that. Easily. She could afford a house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is one of those one of those few movies where the money works. Yeah. Now, currently, because it's hard to find old car prices, but- Currently, her Buick LeSabre on the high end is 3K and on the low end is 1500 because it's a 30-year-old yes. car almost yeah. at this point. Right. But her brother's Pinto Bambi would be worth almost like 7000 in the bad condition it's in and up to 30000 in good condition. So he, he actually has the more expensive car. That's amazing. That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, so his character is named Rob Geller, uh, which is... Coincidentally, at the same time that his wife, Courtney Cox, was playing Monica Geller on Friends. <laughs> Coincidence? Probably not. Wow. Okay. Uh, so Lily Sobieski was originally offered the role of the like lead popular girl, Kristen. Oh. But, but asked to play Aldi's instead because she found it more interesting. And to be honest, I can't picture her as that popular girl. I think she made the right call. Well, I'm sure she could mm -hmm. do it as an actress, but I think she fits the yeah. role better as the one she played. Yep. Yeah. Never Been Kissed is James Franco's first credited film appearance. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, during that meeting where Gary Marshall, as the owner of the 
newspaper says that he doesn't know his kids, his real life daughter is sitting directly to his right when he says that line. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's amazing. Um, the guy who plays Guy, uh, an actor named Jeremy Jordan, is also a singer and had a, and they say it's a hit. It didn't chart, uh, but it's a song called The Right Kind of Love out around this time. Uh-huh. But he had earrings and spiked blonde hair and baggy pants. It's very boy band. Uh, I did listen to it. Not great. But if you're curious, <laughs> you definitely can. Okay. Uh, okay. As I mentioned, this is the first movie to be launched under uh, Flower Films, which is Drew Barrymore's production company. But that company also would go on to release Donnie Darko and all of the Charlie's Angels movies that Drew Barrymore was in. Yeah. And I believe partnered for Fifty First Dates, which I know is also problematic. But whatever. I know. I know that you love it. It's, it's so I problematic. I can't wait to talk about that movie. Bad. Yeah. It's I'm going to wait for you to pick it so I can attack. But uh, I know. I know. Yeah. I do sort of feel like when it's your week, you're on defense and everyone else is so on offense. <laughs> That's how I felt last <laughs> week for sure. Yeah. 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 Welcome to my life as a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in real life, the actor playing Guy is two years older than Drew Barrymore, <laughs> who was closer to in her 30s when this movie came out. So he's fully like 32 playing <laughs> playing right. a high schooler. All right, cool. Jordan Ladd, who plays Gibby, is the daughter of actress Cheryl Ladd, and you may recognize her as Karen in Cabin Fever. She also went on to work with Eli Roth a number of other times. She's in Hostel 2, and she's also in Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. Okay. I mean, I did not recognize her, but that's amazing. She's the short one. She's a brunette in this, so that's kind of why I think she flies under the radar a bit. Okay. When the math club does their fundraiser for Pi Day, the Pi poster has all of the digits, but only the first three digits are correct. <gasps> the, the rest are wrong. Oh, that's my so God. Funny. Now, this is this last fun fact is something that I don't think we've ever seen on Fun Facts in this show, and I don't even know on Horror Virgin either, where I think that the person that this fun fact is about added it to IMDb because it's you can add things. You think they did it themselves? I think they did it themselves. I love it. And, and I think you'll understand why when I read it. The DJ at the dance that says, can someone take the Alpo girls and wash them off? was the Wolfman in the Beetlejuice Rockin' Graveyard Review at Universal Hollywood. (laughs) The reason I think that was added is because I'm like, I don't think anyone would recognize you from that. He was like, I need an IMDb page, and I can't get one off of this credit. So I'm just going to, like, tag on to this. That's amazing. So I don't know, but that that was listed really in fun funny. facts. Uh, and those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the budget for this movie that came out in 99, what do you think the budget was? I think this is actually expensive. I think this is like 30 mil. Mikey, what do you think? I would say 22. You guys are on either side of it, but Mikey is closer. It was $25 million. That makes sense. Now, this movie came out April 9th, 1999. And it was number two at the box office when it came out. It was beat by The Matrix. So, you know, not too well-known movie. 
Yeah, no, I've uh, I've never heard of it. What's it about? <laughs> Sounds like it's about math. It's not like an allegory for the hero's tale, a.k.a. Jesus, is it? <laughs> I'm sure it's not. Yeah, it was number two. Number three that week was a little known film called 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> the fourth movie that week was Go. And the fifth movie was The Out of Towners. So again, this was April 9th, 1999. What do you think Never Been Kissed brought in that weekend domestically? This was a really popular movie at the time. It was, yes. Um, I'm going to say it made at least 10 mil that first week. Okay. What do you think, Mikey? 15.7. Okay. It made $4.2 million in its opening weekend. Wow. And was number two at the box office. Yeah. I mean, Matrix was huge, man. Oh, Matrix, it was in its second week out, brought in $6 million at the box office. Almost seven, $6.7 million at the box office. But let's talk about how much Never Been Kissed made domestically, of course, 99. So what do you think it made domestic box office on a $25 million budget? I'm going to say 40. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? 50. All right, Mikey's a little bit closer. It's 55.4 million. It was also released in Canada and a few other markets worldwide, and it made another $29.1 million in those markets. So it made a total of around 85, it was 84.6, I think, worldwide on a $25 million budget. So it did pretty well. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it will go down in history as probably the most problematic 90s rom-com, at least that we've seen. Yeah. This movie is not very Rufus. <laughs> I mean, Michael Vartan's pretty Rufus, but like not, not when he's grooming teens. No, no, he's not. Uh, all right. So this week, Paige made us watch Never Been Kissed. Mikey, what are you making us watch next week while you're on defense? Uh, I'm going to pick a movie I hate. Nice. Okay. The Lake House with Sandra Bullock <laughs> yes! and Keanu Reeves. Yes! I've never seen this movie, but I know it takes place in a time dilation mailbox. So uh, I'm um, looking forward to it. You know how much I love time travel as a card carrying Terminator stand, but this movie is <laughs> fucking bonkers. I can't wait. So your homework next week is to... Move into a cabin that is in sort of a time interpolation field and then send letters to Keanu Reeves while watching The Lake House. I'm so excited for us to tear apart. <laughs> I can't wait either. Dude, this movie's fucking nuts. I have done a two-hour rant against The Lake House before. I've just never recorded it. <laughs> Mikey, what you don't know is I recorded it, and we're just going to release that rant next week. <laughs> <laughs> My, Paige and I have the week off. Enjoy the two-hour rant. <laughs> I'm not even talking about with you two. I'm just like, I've had this conversation with multiple people, and they're like, sir, this is a Wendy's, you know? <laughs> <laughs> sir, did you want your Baconator with cheese or not? Uh, all right, Mikey. So do you have a review for us to read? Yeah, I have a review. This one's from Rebecca nice. B. Awesome. SLP. Well, what does Rebecca B. have to say, baby? Title of her review, uh, The Mutants Over at Table Nine. Nice. That is a wedding singer reference. <laughs> if you want to laugh so hard alone in your car that people look over at you at a stoplight and think you're nuts, <laughs> then this is the podcast for you. Thank you so much. Join our power thruple as they give a play-by-play -play of the most... Beloved and bonkers romantic movies and romantics in quotes. You may you may <laughs> love or just love to hate. This podcast leaves no problematic stone unturned. Take it from someone who's saying, grow old with you at my own reception. Oh, that's actually sort of sweet, though. But was Billy Idol there? That's the question. Was Billy Idol oh. there? <laughs> yeah. This crew knows their stuff. Don't hesitate. Just hit subscribe. And then she signs it off, RDB from CLE. <laughs> uh, all right, well, RDB, thank you so much for that awesome, awesome five-star review. And if you want to leave us a five-star review, Mikey might just read it on the podcast. 
So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Toodle pit. So, uh... Am I your first English teacher? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Look around the class. Mikey Vartanis is everything <laughs> you hoped it'd be. A bunch of girls who are underage. The wrong time to pick one to groom. Wait. I am barely legal. I can't rent a car. Don't know who I'm kissing. It's probably going too far. Bye, guys. Hell yeah.